crap job. He's not going anywhere. His money and his back are tired and tight. Let's have a little drink tonight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Jen and Ajami's with me, Marvin Schneider, and the ever-evolving Jen Ward. Hi, now that's evolving, not revolving. <laughs> I revolve once in a while. And Master Albert. Yes. Yeah. Um, his intense yeah, eyes so never get tired. <laughs> I know his 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 girlfriend has to say when his wife, I guess. is so cute. He's really excited. Well, I don't know, but I don't know if if there's marriages. That might be a human thing, good, but um, good. yeah. So um, but he's excited to get to Oz. He keeps asking when he's coming to Oz. Soon. I don't want to ship him too early because if they don't have all their shipping done, I don't want him to get stuck in a box somewhere. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's ex- it'll be exciting when you can have them all there with you. Well, I've got my little guys up here. <laughs> and, yeah, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> they're, um, they're overseeing what's going on, so it's good. There's an outpouring yep. of energy and intention there. Although I think that Asgard and Kiwi are kind of... Um, um, introverted. Yeah, they're doing their own thing. That's why they're on different levels, right? You see the, mm-hmm. the two boys. Ooh, very spiritual. They're top shelf. Uh, yeah. And the other guys are, I wouldn't say bottom shelf, but they're just not top shelf. How's that? Yeah. We don't necessarily want to promote a hierarchy, even nope. amongst the inanimates. Especially amongst the inanimates. They got enough to deal with. That's quite true. So, lots been going on, baby. You wear me out. You wear me out. Monday to Friday at 7 p.m. New York time. For one hour, we're doing a whole bunch of tapping from the SFT lexicon book. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going up on YouTube, so hopefully people are aware of that. Unless you've been hiding under a rock for the last couple of weeks. But what's interesting about them is what people like about them is like I change the tabs midstream and everything. And yeah, you do so a reasonable chunk of ad libbing. Well, it just feels right in energy, and then my energy tells me other things that we need to be done. And I think people like that part. Yep. So people, all people but you, maybe, maybe being the facilitator. I just, I'm, I'm just. Getting used to going with the flow, babies. You're doing a good job, babies. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, babies. I'm proud of you to actually getting through the taps. Um, I, think I know. You're, I think you're beginning to realise that um, it's not all beer and skittles. There's actual work being done as you're doing them. 
well, babies, there's work on all levels and stuff. So there's the work to myself, but then there's all of humanity. And then there's editing the book and then thinking of like, you know, what's the best for the next generation and everything. And um, well, 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 you're learning to go with the flow. I'm learning to go straight as an arrow. <laughs> an arrow so. Along the straight and narrows. Yeah. Yep. And in amongst all of this, you're doing your craft work and you're doing your Druid Brigade thing. Oh my gosh, I love the Druid Brigade. That is the most rewarding thing that I've ever experienced besides meeting and knowing you. <laughs> well, thank you, babies. It's so amazing. It's so cool. We get out there in the, um, in the vines and, and the state parks, they, they've been overrun because of budgets and everything. So the trees tell me, the trees tell me like years ago, they used to be all manicured and groomed and everybody would take care of them. And now nobody and stuff. And, and they're just talking and telling me, you know, about how it's been and everything. And what's really beautiful is we're in this huge state park and nobody's around nobody bothers us. And we're just ripping down all these um, poison ivy and all these toxic vines from these beautiful trees that they, they would they would be on their last legs soon because the weight of the vines is so heavy. So we just go nuts. I don't know why people need to join a gym. You just go out there and you just go nuts on the vines. You're, you're cutting, you're hammering little things into the vines and sawing and everything. And it's like the best workout I've ever had. So, and then when I was on the property for a year, this is what I was doing for a year. And I didn't realize that I was actually doing energy work. I was actually, I mean, I did, but I didn't. I was actually learning a craft. What, what we're doing is bringing that druid energy, which is just caretakers of the trees. And we're bringing that caretaking of the trees back in consciousness to humanity. And so, you know how, what's interesting about, um, you know, the world has been in an apathetic state. Yep. So it's not only people that have been apathetic, it's been the trees have been apathetic. Oh, wow. So, I wouldn't yeah. have, who, who would have known? Well, you have to ask them. You have to take the time and take the initiative to talk to the trees. And they're telling me all this stuff. So it's like by us, by us making the trees feel important and special, they're waking up and now... We go there and this tree is saying, okay, can, can I have a turn? It's my turn. And all these trees are speaking to us and sharing such wisdom. And then, you know, the most, there's nothing in the world more beautiful than a grateful tree. Because <laughs> we sit on the side of a hill after we're exhausted and we're flat out like lizards drinking out of a pot. <laughs> what, what's that expression? Flat out like a lizard drinking, yep. Okay. You pretty so much got that one nailed. Uh, we, we fl we're flat out like lizards drinking and um and then just the peace that overcomes us it's like it's it's sharing all its gratitude and calmness and stuff and every time we get through with a um tree and we free it mm -hmm. it's so cool the wind comes through so i i wouldn't have thought that the wind and the trees are in synchronicity right so the Trees can command the wind and everything. So every time that we get a big chunk and we free a tree, mm -hmm. 
this huge wrestle of wind comes through as if to say, okay, and it's complete. And it's so magical. Wow. It's so magical. And I don't think people realize that the wind is actually speaking to them or actually the voice of the trees in a way. Wow. And there's this other weird thing that happens. Is it okay to say? I don't know what you're going to say. So let well, me just say, yes, it's okay. And then we'll work and out then later. The, then you can give us our voice, that faith when you're like <laughs> trying to figure out what I'm doing. And stuff. But so me and Therese were talking about how the trees the vines on the trees are like vampires, you know, like vampire consciousness. And so whenever we go into this real cloister of vines and like are breaking it apart, and we're really free in the tree. We get a whiff of a garlic, really strong garlic that can't come from a human body. Yeah. And so it happened today. I went back into like this nest of vines and like I'm, I'm cutting them all. And just for a second, I got this huge whiff of garlic again. Wow. I know. It's crazy. It's so magical. I actually get depressed coming home after being at that. <laughs> well, I mean, I know what that's like. So years ago, I spent a lot of time out in the bush and nature, four-wheel driving. And sometimes I'd be gone and away from civilization for, you know, one week, two weeks, two and a half weeks. And the thing is that, you know, it's so peaceful, you know, when I'm out there on my own and I wouldn't, I wouldn't interact with another single human being for, you know, weeks on end. And um, it was a real downer when I hit the city limits coming back home and, you know, just watching all of the, you know, the robotics, the people just, you know, you know there's no life in them and it's quite amazing. Well, the thing is, is that we are bringing life back to people. The tapping and the energy work is, is and just speaking about the trees, just, just waking the trees up and knowing that people care about them. Mm -hmm. um, years ago, you know, when I got that home, one little human from this tree that I helped. Yep. And um, it was like that That poem was its gift to me. And that was the poem that started me out in writing all my 19 books. I, it got published in one of the um, Chicken Soup of the Soul books. And so then from that, it was breaking through consciousness and stuff. And it was like the trees give back more than they, they ever receive and stuff. And it's like, once you realize what magnificent beings they are and how much they teach and and they hold our history i mean they knew the whole history of the local um businesses that were taking care of them the local factories when they were open and stuff they knew the whole history and they showed me and they actually showed me their vision of the future is their vision of the future is you know how people go to the dog park they walk their dogs and just leave and that's it mm -hmm. well they and you just walk and just leave they had the vision of people coming to the parks again, not just to take, just to like, you know, walk and to actually bring their clippers and bring their tools and to like groom them and take care of them and, <laughs> um, and interact with them. And, and I saw a whole wave of people coming in and doing that. So hopefully that'll manifest. That's pretty cool. I mean, years ago, um, 
and thankfully it was years ago when I was in a corporate life, part mm-hmm. of my, you know, the early part of my corporate career. Yeah. Um, large organisation, lots of, you know, people, offices and you know, that kind of stuff. But um, once we uh, organised our team, which would have been probably half a dozen to 10 people, um, we organised with the local forester, actually, Forest Commission dude. So, um, so he met us. Uh, at this place in the forest, and we spent the day um, weeding and doing our equivalent of what you're doing because we we don't have the same vines that you do we have right. you have, but we do have sort of noxious weeds that you know once they get a run in the native bushlands, you know it's just very difficult to control. So yeah, we spent a whole day doing that. A group of ten of us, so we had a bus that drove us out there, and then we worked for the day. And then um, came back home, and it was very satisfying. But it'd be great if that if that was common common practice. Can we do that when I'm there? Can we? We we have to ask permission though, or something. We can't just go out and cut down weeds out in the outback. No, so I wouldn't suggest we do that. But we can coordinate with the local, um, um, you know, the local authorities, and they will from time to time organize and facilitate um, little working bees with a community. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is that it's, it's actually a bit of an administrative hassle for them to do that. Uh, so let me tell you another story. Part of my full drive club back in the day, um, I'm not active with them anymore, but um, we used to do a thing called um, rural recovery, right? So when there were bushfires, floods, various other things, we'd get, you know, uh, club members and they'd sort of basically volunteer their time to, you know, assist the farmers. But one of the other things that we did was uh, assist the local forestry management commission in um, clearing down trees and clearing tracks and various other things. So they would organise all of the logistics of it and we would provide the labour. Um, but it's quite a, uh, quite a bureaucratic process for them, right, because we've got health and safety and various. So, you know, when you're interacting with the public, there's um, quite a bit to do. So That would be fun to do some of that when I'm there, babies. It's hard work, trust me. You've, I, I'm not... I'm not petting kittens out where I'm going today. It's really hard. Yeah. yeah. So quite often we used to get a group of about, I don't know, half a dozen to 10 full drive vehicles, one or two people in each vehicle, getting out there, chainsawing, clearing out, uh, falling down logs and clearing tracks. And um, so it is hard work. Oh, and the real cool thing is that at the end of the two or three days that we're doing this, so it's over a long weekend, um, one of the local um, women's association. So these are small towns, right? So the, the the local women that get together in the town hall and they cook us up a massive breakfast on the last day because mm, cool. then we've got a six to seven hour drive back home, right? So they'd give us breakfast before we had to get onto the road. And it was so cool. That's awesome. Mm. So that's what community spirit looks like. Yeah, we have to bring that back stuff. We have to bring it back in a way that it doesn't squelch the individuality and inspires 
like um, camaraderie and interaction about, you know, like you said, the bureaucracy and stuff. Yeah, so it's the the balancing act is the bureaucracy has a bit of a tendency to be a bit of a killjoy <laughs> on yes. the spontaneity. But, look, it's just a fact of life. Um, so... Well, we've only had one little lady come around and, like, bother us about, like, she wanted to know what she figured it was her product. She goes, I walk here all the time and I'm wondering what things you're taking down. I say, we're only taking down the things that are killing the trees and a poison ivy and and um, vines that aren't indigenous to this area that I choke in the trees. And she goes, well, that's not poison ivy. I go, no, I know. Check any one of us. We're all on steroids. We know what poison ivy is. Trust us. But that's the trees are so important. They're not being replaced because people think, oh, it's in a it's in a park, so so these trees will just replace themselves, but nothing else can grow because these vines are so insidious. So people are like really naive and thinking that these trees are just going to like regenerate. They need an interaction with humans at this point. And by the way, you know what peace on earth is? Tell me. A tree in a, in a home or a tree in a yard that doesn't have to like have predators and stuff. So the, the, the um, trees that are like being choked alive like this, they're in like battle zones. This is their form of a help and stuff. And so, and it's, it's not, nothing happens in a vacuum. So we're helping the trees and we feel it go out into all humanity. And it's like every uplifting act that you do goes into the collective, like do do drops, collecting into a stream, collecting into a river, collecting into a lake, collecting into an ocean, and creating this movement of joy, love, abundance, freedom, wholeness, empowerment for all. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is nothing that is wasted. That's, that's, I think, what caused so much apathy in the world, because people thought nothing they do matters. And that's the illusion, because everything, everything you do that uplifts that's um, outflows, that is um, altruistic, that, that puts yourself, you know, be, that is going be above and beyond, it goes into the collective and it uplifts humanity and it's felt by everyone and it inspires everyone. It is, and the more that it's underpinned by a noble intention, um, obviously the more uplifting and powerful it is for all of humanity. Absolutely. So, so it's nice that we talk about this here. So at least this intention goes out on a, um, on a platform that is more tapped into to the mainstream than the collective intention. So, yeah. So we might make this a fairly short Janet Ajamis because we've just come off a fairly intensive um, couple of days of tapping sessions, but um, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, a movie that we uh, saw together. So every now and then we have uh, date night on <laughs> opposite ends of the planet, which is kind of interesting. So we're watching movies um, at the same time. It's so the same movie at the same time, roughly. And, um, and so we thought that 
every now and then we get to watch some really cool movies that are quite inspiring and sort of make you think and whatever. And so we thought we might do every now and then on Jen and Ajami's a bit of a, a conversation about the movie and providing a higher vantage point perspective on the topic, something like that. So uh, last night, at least it was last night, my time, I suppose it was your last night mm -hmm. as well. We watched a, uh, a movie called The Circle, uh, 2017 release, including, um, what's the guy's name, Tom Hanks and various others. Uh, Emma Watson was one of the lead characters uh, and others. So uh, do you want to give a bit of an overview? Because I have a bit of a tendency to uh, spoil the story for those that have Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Be nice now. <laughs> No, it's just adorable and stuff, how you do that and stuff. But, um, so it's about social media. It's about this girl who wants to get ahead and her friend gets her a job in this big tech company of social media. And she, she goes in and she says all the right things and, and she gets snatched up by them and she she thinks it's just a job and then she learns that oh, she learns she gets pulled in more and more and it becomes like a lifestyle and and they know her business they okay, know so, okay so let me interrupt for a little bit it's a social media company where um and it's silicon valley based it's called the circle but um it really is a very thinly veiled um um portrayal of the motivations and goings on of an actual real uh digital monopoly in silicon valley we won't say who it is um you, you'll you'll guess who it is um but it's all about um it's a social media company and it's all about getting everyone connected and and um having and then connecting the data through algorithms and the interesting thing is that uh, there's a couple of really interesting things that, well, things that I found interesting, and you'll probably feature different things. But so having given that context, it is a real, it is a portrayal of a real social media company. It has a campus. Um, and so basically, you know, the tens of thousands of people that work there basically live, breathe, and, you know, whatever within the campus. And so it, it does create a bit of a closed community. What else do you want to? So what was interesting to me is like everybody's upbeat and cheery and stuff, and it seems artificial and stuff, and you're yeah. wondering why they're so upbeat. And then you realize that they're being, they're being, they know that they're being videotaped at all times. So they're not, they're not organically happy. Okay, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to provide a slightly different perspective on that um, because I know something about um, Silicon Valley um, digital monopolies and how they operate. Um, so I, I actually think, and these are very young millennial people, right? So, and, and, and they're basically being, they, they're, they're being given the lifetime, the career life opportunity of a lifetime. So I think they really are genuinely upbeat and they're very positive and, you know, very positive mindset. They're doing yoga. They're doing all of these other things, except they're probably not being discerning 
about the consequence of the work that they're doing and what the company is creating. Yes, but the main character, Emma Watson, she, once she realized, when she agreed to be videotaped, you saw her change and become more upbeat and cheery. She, she left her own facade, her own organics. She became more well, like on all the time, on. And you saw it with her friend was on all the time. It wore her out. Yeah. So uh, effectively, um, what happened was that she ended up selling her soul to the company and started sprouting the, you know, the platitudes and vision of the company, probably against her own better judgment, right? But there was a very interesting twist right at the end. right? Oh, babies, babies. We won't, we won't uh, spoil it. Um, so, so anyway, so, <laughs> so cute. But, but the thing is, the thing I like about this, uh, it was a great movie because um, what, it, what it portrayed for me is how easily people can get sucked into the rhetoric, you know, the rah-rah positive, you know, all of, all of the benefits of social media and, you know, everyone, you know, 7.7 billion people being connected on the same platform and everyone knows everything about you and they're tracking all of your likes, your interactions, your movements, you know, everything is connected, right? And so a lot of it's, it's intoxicating that you can get sort of caught up with, you know, all of the positive benefits of it, but very few people until recently started thinking about the negative, you know, the, the, the toxic underbelly. And so, go ahead. So, yes. And and so what was so validating for me is I've been back from the, you know, that experience of being, going through enlightenment that year, you know, locked up, starved and tortured, and then coming back and I came back very simple. Like I thought I was a retired boy when I came back and, and and so what's really validating for me is like the adepts would talk to me and tell me, I would sit there, I had no life. I would sit there and I couldn't sleep. All I did was tweet 24 seven. I was like, and, and when I closed my eyes, I saw the, the tweet deck. They used to have a tweet deck where you could interact and it was really good social. You could socialize until they changed the algorithm and changed that. So um, this was like 12 years ago and I could see my whole screen of all my people and they would just be rolling in my psyche and I was like doing healing on them and stuff and and I didn't know what I was capable of back then but the adepts were using me to feed I didn't know what I was up against because I was so simple and we didn't have that before I left and I was pouring truth and higher consciousness into this beast and balancing it out and giving people a, a fighting chance to find truth. And so, and then they changed the algorithms from, from Twitter. So I couldn't do that anymore on Twitter. I couldn't figure it out. I still can't. So I moved to Facebook and then the adepts changed what I did. They said, okay, talk about what you did in sessions. And now before that, because I was in this, this, religious the spiritual cult or whatever they frowned on what i did so i i was 
I was ashamed of what I did in sharing. And so I just poured it out on the pages and people were floored at what I was sharing and they were starving for that. So that's why I poured so much on, on Facebook and the adults told me to keep doing it, keep doing it. And that's how I got the 19 books. It's just poor. But they were using me to balance out and give humanity a fighting chance so that this, this beast would not um, go un, un, Checked, un, unfettered. unchecked. Yeah. So people now are learning to discern. And that's really exciting that people, and what people are doing now is they're making a lateral move and they're, they're getting, they're getting mad at being subjugated. They know it's happening, but they're getting mad at the wrong things because they don't know the real truth. They can't know it from what's going on out here. They can only tap into it from their direct knowingness. And what they've been doing is compiling a lot of opinions and not of them. And a lot of them are like planted there. I know you don't, I know this makes you uncomfortable, but it just shows that the tapping we do, and, and the reason it works is we don't tell people what to believe or think or whatever. We just teach them to tap into their own higher consciousness so they can see truth yep. blatantly from their own sensors. Yeah. So um, watching this movie then created the, um, the motivation for the next Heal the World group tapping session. Mm-hmm which is going to be held on, let me just check my diary, Sunday, October 31st, 2 p.m. New York time. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? All right. Um, and so the, the focus of that tapping session will be around uh, misinformation and manipulation of information, um, but again, in a nonpartisan way, right? So it'll be done in a nonpartisan way. And so, go ahead. Well, that's the beauty of it is because the the information itself is meant to pit sex against sex and creeds against creeds, religions against religions and whatever, different points of view against different points of view. And so, so nobody can get it together on the same point of view. And that's what disperses the, the power of the collective. So what we're doing is we're, we're inviting everyone in. You don't have to know who the boogeyman is. You don't have to know who the enemy is. You don't have to think there's an enemy. You don't have to believe anything. You can just come and work on the misinformation wherever it lands. Yep. Instead of trying to figure it out from the, um, the, the answer to the riddle, you're just untangling the riddle. Does that make sense? That's right. So um, you're not trying to work it out. You're just working on it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's beautiful because the synergy that all this misinformation is trying to go <laughs> never rings. Guess who it is? Muriel? Yeah. Oh, my God. Hi, we're recording a gentleman jammies. Can I, can I put you on speaker? No, no, no. Uh, I'll call you back. Okay. When are you done? All right. All right. In a while. Yeah, we lost one of our cats. Anyway, I'll call you. Okay, I'll do a release.
sorry. There was some funny, fairly early in our Jen and her Jami's recording day, it was almost like every time, every time we started to hit the record button, Mariel will call. It's like she never calls and it's just always at the same time. Yeah, it's funny. She's pretty intuitive. Did I tell you what I suspect? I don't know. You're not going to give away any secrets, are you? Or confidence? Well, no, I want to do that, please, baby. I'm a, I'm a. You're a professional. Yeah. But this is more like, um, um, so sometimes I get the sense that famous people, I know who they've been. Like some, some people who've been famous, they, they, they've, they've earned the right to be famous again. Mm-hmm. So if you go into the early pictures of Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. not, not early, like teenagers, and go into the early pictures of Elvis, their faces are the same. And it's like Justin Bieber just, uh, just inherited that fame and that talent and everything. And I, I sense that he is Elvis come back. Wow. There's a, there's a couple more. So here's another one. Is this interesting or not? Um, it's an interesting way, a uh, light, light touch way of slowly winding down, which we okay. want to be doing Cause soon. Because I, I forgot what my thought was. You know, I forget my thoughts. So another one is James Dean. If you look at early pictures of James Dean when it's just like, um, just, just like he's just got that attitude, mm-hmm. and then you look at certain pictures of an early Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. they look identical. And in the the images and stuff, and it's like you, you just gotta see it. I have a new one that I I have a suspicion about. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Mama Cass Elliot? Oh was? yeah, of course I do. You know our, the Papas. You know who I think she is. Who? Hey. Um, she's famous now. You could have had it all. You gave me her concert to watch. Adele? Yeah. You reckon? Yeah. Okay. I didn't check out the timelines or anything, but I have a sense of it because she always had the, Mama Cass Elliot was always such a big personality and could handle it and stuff. And, and it's like, it, she deserved to be center stage and to have mm. it all stuff. Mm. Yeah, no, they were both, well, um, Adele is very talented and Mama Cass was very talented. So mm-hmm. I love, love the mamas and the puppets. So I grew up with that stuff. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, what, so did we finish everything about? Um, yeah, so we're going to be running the, uh, the fifth installment of Uplifting All of Humanity Tapping, group, the group tapping session. So this one you're going to have to sign up for. So. Log on to the Genuine Healing website, genuinehealing.com with a J. Um, on the top, there's a menu um, or in the menu bit uh, under purchases. And then there's an icon for the, um, uh, the tapping. It is for free, uh, but please sign up and then we'll send you a Zoom link on the day of the tapping. Right? So just um, um, sort of stay tuned. This Sunday, October the 31st, 2 p.m. New York time, 
work out what that is for you and just be careful of uh, daylight saving time changes because various countries and places around the planet are just shifting around the time zones. So just keep an eye on those time zones, but um, it's going to be great. And, um, you know, my, my belief that like uh, special days are like portals to do good energy work. Yep. And it's interesting how it's our Halloween, which is like used to celebrate negative stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, people don't think it's negative, but some people do or whatever. It well, it's neutral. I don't know. It's just. But it's, it's a just, portal for. Yeah. It, it's a it's a portal for something yeah. so yeah. so that we use that portal of that intention to do this incredible work for humanity so yeah um halloween never got never took off here so it's i mean we know about it every now and then little kids kind of participate but it's it's not really a thing i'm not gonna miss it no all right, Bubs, Albert, Jen, thank you so much for another enthralling episode of Jen and Ajamis. Um, thank you, listeners. Please like, share, subscribe, comment, but particularly share. Uh, we want to get the message out in the mainstream, so sharing is the way to do that. Um, enjoy oh. having your company. Yes. Sharing is caring. That's sharing. what they said in the movie. Sharing is caring. That's right. Thank you so much. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, comment, whatever. And uh, look forward to catching you next time. Thank you, Bubs. Bye for now. Thank you, babies. Bye for Bye. now.